listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast again today. I'm so excited you're joining me. This is going to be an excellent episode today. And I know we took last week off, but I have got a lot to share with you today. We're going to jump right in in just a second. But I want to make two quick announcements before we do that. Number one is that we have brand new courses releasing on Miracle Word University. Uh, Every month is our goal. We now just released our latest course called Answered Prayer, How to Receive Answers to Your Prayers. You know, Jesus wants our prayers to be answered. And in fact, answered prayer is one of the things that causes joy to flood your life. The Bible says, ask that you shall receive, that your joy may be full. So God wants your prayers to be answered, but many Christians don't realize that there are reasons their their prayers are not being answered. And uh, many Christians believe that there's only one type of prayer, and that's when we ask God to do things to bless us. But that's only one type of the eight types of prayer that we cover in this course. And I want to tell you, this course will be a huge blessing to you. We also have courses on divine healing, uh, the power of the Holy Spirit, and we're getting ready in just a few weeks to release a new course on faith. And uh, we have new courses coming out all the time. So I want to encourage you to go over to MiracleWordU.com. That's MiracleWordU.com and check out Uh, the resources that we have there. Every course is only $69, extremely cheap. And uh, you can even do it over two months if you'd like, $35 a month for two months. It's free to sign up for Miracle Word University, and then you can choose whatever course you'd like to take They have no start date. They have no end date. You can do it at your own pace. So this is a resource that we've created that will really, really help you to be strengthened and it equip you to do what you're called to do in the kingdom of God. Then number two, I wanted to quickly make an awesome announcement that we said last time we were here, and that is this, that if you have an Amazon Echo enabled device, like an Echo Dot an Echo Spot, an Echo, uh, any of those kinds of devices, Miracle Word Radio is now available on all Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. So all you have to do is, with the Amazon Echo app on your phone, just search skills as you would for any other skill you're going to enable on your Alexa device and search Miracle Word Radio in the skills section. When you find it, just enable the skill on your phone and then you can simply say, Alexa, play Miracle Word Radio and on any device and Miracle Word Radio will instantly be playing in your home. So super cool. Check that out if you have one of those devices. I know it'll be a blessing to you. All right, let's jump in today. I want to talk to you as you saw in the title about five things that every Christian should know about the Bible. Five things that every Christian should know about the Bible. And the reason this is so important is the Bible is the holy book that we have that governs our life. It is the basis 
for our Christianity. And one thing the devil has been trying to do since the very beginning is get humanity to doubt God's word. In fact, the first words we have on record from the devil are to Eve in the garden. And he says to her, did God really say, did God really say, see, since the very beginning, the devil has been trying to get humanity to doubt the mighty word of God. He's still trying to do the same thing today. He knows that he can't defeat you because he's already been defeated. And all he can try to do at this point is deceive you into believing that the word of God is not true. In fact, you know, if you read Hosea chapter four and verse six, which is one of the theme verses we use for Miracle Word University, It says in God speaking here, he said, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, not because the devil's attacking, not because there's evil things in the world. He said, there's the reason that anybody is being destroyed. That is my child is because they don't have sufficient knowledge to overcome. In fact, we can parallel that with John chapter eight and verse 32, where the Bible says you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free or make you free. So the word of God is a a holy book given to us by the Holy Spirit to cause us to be free in every area of life. That's why the devil works so hard to get us to doubt God's word, whether it be what he speaks to us through his men, speaks to us through our spirits personally, or most especially tries to get us to doubt the written word of God that we hold in our hands. So today I wanted to give you five things that every believer needs to know about the Bible. Number one is I hear this all the time. People say, well, you know, how do you know that uh, down through the years that somehow the scriptures weren't corrupted, you know, because people were just copying them from other copies and copying from other copies. So how do you know that somewhere along the lines, I mean, we obviously can't have the same scriptures in our hands that the early church had in their hands. I mean, obviously there were changes through the thousands of years that have happened since, you know, 2000 years since the early church. Obviously there's going to be some corruption or somebody got in there and changed some things uh, that, that the Bible says for their own purposes or to take doctrines out or beliefs out or to water it down. That is the common argument you hear regarding the Bible. It's so old, it can't be as accurate as it was when it was originally written. But the first thing you need to know about your Bible is that the text is absolutely reliable. The text that you hold in your hand is absolutely reliable. And I don't say that by faith. I say that with evidential proof. And what do I mean by that? Well, let's talk specifically about the New Testament because it's the one that most often comes under scrutiny. Uh, The Old Testament, by the way, has been established for thousands and thousands of years. The Jews, all the way back thousands and thousands of years ago, uh, accepted the Old Testament books as their canon of scripture, things written by prophets of God, and they, they to this day believe that the same writings make up the Old Testament that we have in the Christian church. They divide them a little bit differently in books, but the exact same Old Testament we have 
is the same Old Testament the Jews are still using today. And that has been established and set for thousands and thousands of years, completely reliable. But I want to focus on the New Testament because that's the one that comes under fire most often. People say, well, you know, and not to mention that's the one that governs our lives as believers. We live under the New Testament or the New Covenant. And so that's the one that that uh, many people try to say has been corrupted. But let me just say this. The New Testament text in particular is extremely reliable. Well, how can you how can you make that claim? Well, let's talk about the fact that we have in our possession almost 6,000 manuscripts and fragments of the Greek New Testament that have been discovered to date. So at this moment in time, almost 6,000 manuscripts, old Greek, ancient Greek manuscripts and fragments exist that archaeologists have found from all over the world. So understand this, there's not just one copy we've found, we've found thousands. And that is important, as I'll show you in just a moment. But let me just say, almost 6,000 copies of the Bible, or of the, excuse me, of the New Testament text, there are no other books in antiquity that even come close to having that many manuscripts, many manuscripts available. In fact, the next closest one is Homer's Iliad, and it has just over a thousand discovered manuscripts uh, available for that piece of literature. And then you go back through other works of antiquity, many of them that no one ever doubts if they're authentic or not, have only 40 copies, 60 copies, 90 copies, whereas the New Testament text has almost 6,000 copies. Nothing else comes close. Nothing else comes close. Now, what I told you about being found in all different parts of the world, that is important as well, and here's why. Let's say, for example, that what people argued was true. Well, somebody corrupted the Bible uh, throughout the ages to make changes to the Christian faith or to remove essential doctrines from the church so that we today won't believe the same things that they believed in the early church or that the apostles taught. If that was going to be possible, there would have to be a way that these people who were corrupting scripture could collude all over the world to make the same exact changes in all the manuscripts archaeologists have discovered. The problem with that is that in the days, the first century, when the uh, New Testament text was being copied down and passed throughout the churches around the world, is that they had no way to contact other parts of the world quickly enough to make those changes. In fact, if you think that the New Testament text is not reliable, listen to what some of these scholars have said and archaeologists that have found and studied the ancient Greek texts all from all over the world. When they compare them together, listen to this, when they compare all of these fragments and manuscripts together, they have said that the New Testament text is over 99.9% accurate. And the only changes that we see are discrepancies are those of punctuation, spelling, and naming. So, for example, there might be a place in some of the manuscripts that add punctuation that's not or it's out of place in another, or there might be a, a place where something's misspelled, but in another uh, manuscript it's spelled a different way. And scholars have also told us that there is no essential Christian doctrine that is affected by the discrepancies that are found 
uh, in the manuscripts that we have. So there's no major belief system of Christians that is even close to affected by the small discrepancies that we see. In fact, it's a good thing that we have so many copies because by having so many copies of these Greek manuscripts, we can see what the original should have been. And uh, as they compare them together and more and more discovered, we can only see that it's more accurate than we ever thought it was. In fact, the discovery of the Dead Sea Scrolls uh, and, and the documents in the Judean desert are proof that the Bible is so much more accurate than we ever thought it could be. These date so far back that when they compared, for example, in the in the um, Dead, Dead Sea Scrolls, they found an entire copy of the book of Isaiah. And they compared it to what we have in modern day and were astounded to find out how accurate those two were and how almost literally identical, meaning we hold the same scriptures in our hand today that the early church did and those that were God's children in the Old Testament did. These documents are extremely, extremely accurate. So the first thing every Christian needs to know about the Bible is that the Bible, especially the New Testament, because it governs the life of every Christian, is extremely reliable. There have been no uh, corruptions. You know, there was no way for somebody to, to make a cell phone call or FaceTime across the world in the first century and say, hey, we're going to remove the doctrine of the, the rapture. So make sure in all your manuscripts, you take those verses out or change them, you know, and make sure that they say exactly this so that thousands of years later, when these manuscripts are found by archaeologists, they all match up and say the same thing and make the same collusion. They, they couldn't have done it. There was no way to do what people suggest happened and make corruptions to the scripture, man-made corruptions, and have all the manuscripts still match exactly. We hold in our hands the same New Testament books that were circulated in the early church 2,000 years ago. Our Bible is extremely reliable. Number two, the second thing every believer needs to know about the Bible is that the Bible is not just another holy book like other religions have. The Bible is not like the Quran. It is not like any other quote unquote holy book held by religions. And the reason that we know this is because the Bible, unlike any other holy book, doesn't just attempt to prophesy the future. It successfully prophesies the future with such accuracy that no human mind could have written or conceived the scripture. The Bible's prophecies, in fact, when the Bible was written, it was over 33% prophecy at the time of its writing. Over 33, one third of the Bible was prophecy about the future. If even one of those prophecies would have uh, been false, then the entire Bible is a fraud. But do you know the Bible has not only prophesied the future, it has accurately prophesied the future with such accuracy that it blows the minds of human men. Just for example, the prophecies about Jesus Christ as the Messiah alone are so accurate. Now, there's argument to how you would count the prophecies about Jesus. Some say that there's about a hundred and some messianic prophecies. Other people say there's over 300 uh, some some list them differently and say that there's a, a, about, you know, 80 to 100 prophecies with over 270 ramifications of those prophecies. But however you slice it, 
these things, hundreds of things were said about Jesus in the Old Testament that were then fulfilled by Jesus in the New Testament so accurately that there's no way. In fact, there was a man who was a professor of mathematics. His name was Peter Stoner, and he released a book called Science Speaks, and he wanted to find out what are the odds that one man in history could fulfill only eight, not all the hundreds, only eight of the prophecies about Jesus. And he gave that uh, science, pro- that mathematical problem to his class, and he wanted them to find out what are the odds, what, what, let's calculate and see, what are the chances that only one man in history could fulfill only eight of the, you know, 100 to 300 prophecies about Jesus. And what they found out was that it would literally be impossible. They found out that the chances that one man in history could fulfill only eight of these prophecies was one to the 21st power. (laughs) One to the 21st power. People don't even know how big of a number that is. The number is so big. Just let me tell you, let me, let me read it this way. It's one chance in a trillion, 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 trillion. That is the chances that one man in history could fulfill only eight prophecies. Well, what kind of prophecies are we talking about? Well, things like this. The Bible says in Jeremiah 23, 5, that the Messiah would be from the lineage of King David. That was prophesied 600 years before Jesus was born. And that fulfillment was found, we see it in Luke 3, 23 and 31, that Jesus is the son of David. And that was fulfilled about 4 BC, something like that. A second prophecy, the Messiah would be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. Now, understand this, these are extremely specific. It's not saying like, you know, the Messiah will be a good man. That's a general thing to say. A specific thing to say, he will be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. That's found in Zechariah 11, 13, and it was prophesied about 487 BC. The fulfillment, 30 AD. They gave him 30 pieces of silver, talking about Judas, Matthew 26, 15. In, in, in the end of Jesus' life, Judas, his disciple, betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver, and that's recorded in the New Testament. Something like this. The Messiah would have his hands and feet pierced. Now, here's a crazy one, because this was prophesied in a thousand years before Jesus was born, and before uh, you know Roman guards and Roman magistrates ever invented the crucifixion punishment. This is before that was ever invented. And Psalm twenty-two sixteen prophesies, that the Messiah would have his hands and feet pierced a thousand years before Jesus was born. And of course, the Bible says in Luke 23, 33, they came to a place called the skull and all three were crucified there. Jesus on the center cross and the two criminals on either side. And that was in 30 AD. So you realize that that was so accurate. And it's not like, you know, they knew about crucifixion. We're saying, yeah, that's going to happen to the Messiah. It had not even been invented yet. Things like this. People would cast lots or gamble for the Messiah's clothing. That's Psalm 22, 18, a thousand years once again before Jesus was born. And of course, John 19, 23 through 24, the soldiers took his robe, but it was seamless, woven in one piece from the top. So they said, let's not tear it, but let's throw dice to see who gets it in 30 AD. That was fulfilled about one man. Once again, uh, the Messiah would appear riding on a donkey. Zechariah 9, 9, that's 500 years before Jesus. 
Obviously, he rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. That's Matthew 21, 7. Uh, It's just amazing. I mean, you go through all of the prophecies about Jesus, and there are so many. But notice, the professor Stoner said that only eight of these prophecies would require a one in 10 to the 21st power chance that only one man could fulfill only eight. Jesus didn't fulfill only eight. Jesus fulfilled all of the messianic prophecies and many of them think about this many of the messianic prophecies jesus fulfilled them in the last hours of his life on the earth the last hours it's an amazing thing the and and of course it's not just messianic prophecy that the bible contains the bible prophesies about many events many nations many things and none of them have ever been proved false it's amazing to see how accurate the Bible is in uh, fulfilled prophecy. I mean, literally, this is proof of a divine writing. This is something that only God could know, only God could foresee, and no other holy book even attempts to prophesy the future like the Bible does. None even attempt it. I mean, it is so divine. Only God, the mind of God, could know what was coming in the future and have men write it down on paper thousands of years before it would take place and then see the fulfillment. So we need to understand, number two, that the Bible is not another holy book to put on the level of other books that religions have. It's not the Book of Mormon. It is not the Quran. It is its own. It's on its own stage. It's on its own level. It is truly a book written, inspired, and breathed out by God himself. What you hold in your hand is the holy, inerrant, meaning there's no errors in it, uh, incorruptible word of God. There's nothing like it on the earth. There's literally nothing like it on the earth. Number three, the third thing that every believer needs to know about the Bible is that the Bible is not a book of suggestions. It is not just a mere, you know, chalk mark on the sand of how God suggests that you live your life. If you are a Christian, the Bible is not a suggestion to you. The Bible is a definition of life to you. We don't get to pick and choose which of the commands of scripture that we will obey. When you read through the New Testament as a believer, uh, when you see what God commands and what Christ commands, these are not say, well, you know, on my best days when I'm feeling really holy, I will make sure that I fulfill what Jesus is asking me to do. No, no. Everything that is commanded to us in the scripture, it is the boundary line and the definition for the life of a believer. So we cannot pick and choose uh, which commands we'll obey. In fact, even in the Old Testament, you know, God spoke to his people Israel and he said in Deuteronomy chapter 28, if you will be faithful to obey all that I command you to do this day, then I will set you on high above all the nations of the earth. So even God is saying here that it's going to take your obedience to my instructions for me to actually place my hand of blessing upon your life and lift you head and shoulders above the rest. So it is not even in the Old Testament when they weren't, they didn't have the ability uh, to be filled with the Holy Spirit in the same way that we do today, who empowers us, who leads us and guides us into all truth. I mean, 
the thing, the benefits we have in the New Testament far surpass what they had in the old. In fact, the Bible says that we are living under a better covenant that is established upon better promises. We have what the Old Testament believers did not have in the Holy Spirit. It's what they were all waiting for, but we received it through Christ. So it's not a book of suggestions. The Bible is the commands of God. It is the literally the direct word and command of God for his children, uh, which leads me to point number four, uh, obeying those commands unlocks the supernatural. You know, the reason, let me go back to three for just a moment and say that, you know, in, in this age that we're living in, where we're taught that our choices really don't matter as much as Jesus choice did or God's sovereign choice did, meaning that we can, you know, people get this idea that because we're still human, that we're just going to inevitably make mistakes and we're going to disobey the word of God and we're going to fall into sin. And, you know, they make these assumptions that because we're still human, our bodies have not yet been glorified, that it's impossible to really obey the scripture uh, as, as it commands us to live. And so that's why the grace of God has been given to us and that God, when he looks at us, he doesn't look at us directly. He looks at us through Jesus and through the blood of Jesus. Uh, and, and it's, and it's presented in a bit of a false way because in fact, if you are a reader at, at this juncture in the podcast, I would seriously suggest that you pick up a book by Dr. Michael Brown called Hyper Grace, one of the best books I've read in about the last 10 years, Hyper Grace by Dr. Michael Brown. It will change your life, especially in this generation, to see that what's being taught to many of our young people and old alike is not scriptural, that, you know, you, you, sin every day and you repent every night. You know, it's the grace of God. It doesn't really, our choices don't really matter. They don't separate us from the blessings of God. It's not scriptural. It's just simply not scriptural. The Bible's not a book of suggestions. It's a book of commands. Covenant requires obedience to commands. No question. If you're tweeting or, 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 or you're posting any of this podcast on social media, I want you to write that down. Covenant requires obedience to commands. Covenant requires obedience to commands. And the reason that I'm making this point uh, so strongly is because if we're going to receive the blessings of God, God is the only one that can bring promotion. According to Psalm uh, 75 verses six and seven, the Bible says promotion does not come from the east or the west or the south. Promotion comes from the Lord and he alone decides who will rise and who will fall. The way he decides that is that when his eyes are searching to and fro across the earth, Second Chronicles 16, 9, that he's looking for people whose hearts are loyal to him. Your loyalty to God is definitely uh, defined by your obedience to his commands. And that brings me to number four. I'm going to show you that. The Bible says uh, in John 14, 21, Jesus is teaching his disciples and Jesus says something so interesting that so many preachers do not want to talk about. But listen to this verse of scripture, John 14, 21. Jesus says, the one who has my commandments accepts and obeys them. See that the one who has my commandments or accepts them and obeys them. It is he who loves me. So stop right there before we finish the verse. It is he who loves me. So the truest picture 
of your love for Jesus or your love for God is that you obey the instructions of his word. Bottom line. So see that there. Jesus is even saying a lot of people could say they love me. But the clearest picture that someone loves me is that they obey my word. So let's go further. He said, he that accepts or has my commands and obeys them, it is he who loves me. And because he does, my father will love him. Stop there. God, Jesus is teaching this, by the way, that God shows his love to people who obey his word. Did you know God's not required to love or show his love uh, in this dispensation to everybody at the same level. Now, let me just say this. Does God love everyone? Yes. But the action he took to prove that is already done. The action he took to prove that he loved the whole world was that he sent Jesus to die for the entire world. That is all. And he wasn't even required to do that, but he chose to do it because he loved the world, the Bible says, John three sixteen. So, God's love for the world is shown through him sending Jesus to be the eternal sacrifice for our sins. But from this point forward, God's not required to show his favor or his love to everybody at the same level. And Jesus is teaching us that in John 14, 21. He says, those who have my commandments and obey them, it is he who loves me and my father will love him. So God shows his love or pours his love out on people who obey his word. And then Jesus says, and I will love him. Now watch this. And I will manifest myself to him. To who? To the one who not only has the word of God, but obeys the word of God. So notice this. Christ is not required to manifest himself to every believer at the same level. He's just not required to manifest. Or one translation says to reveal himself. He's not required to reveal himself to every believer at the same level. But those who obey his word, it is those people that he will come and manifest his presence in their life. So this is number four. Obeying God's word unlocks the supernatural. Obeying God's word, the Bible you hold in your hand that is completely reliable, that is definitely a divine document as proved by prophecy. It is not a book of suggestions. It's a book of covenant commands. But when you obey it, number four, it unlocks the supernatural in your life. It unlocks the supernatural because Jesus clearly teaches here that whoever obeys his word will not only be loved by the father and not only be loved by Christ, but Christ will then reveal or manifest himself to that believer. And when Christ manifests himself to you, that means makes real what or who he is in your life makes real so that you understand who is Jesus. That's the question. If he's going to reveal himself in your life, The question is, who is that revealing himself? Well, we can clearly see he's the healer. So that means obedience to God's word manifests the healer in your life. He's the provider. He's the bringer of peace and joy. In fact, that brings me to number five, the fifth thing that every believer needs to know about the Bible. And that is this, the words you find in the pages are not just words. They are supernatural substance. The words of God written on the paper that we hold in our hands are not just mere words. They are supernatural substance breathed out of the mouth of the Holy Spirit, inspiring those writers to pen the 
inerrant, powerful, mighty word of the Most High God. As a result of that, the words are not just words, they are supernatural substance. Can I tell you something that'll stir your stir your spirit up? Think about this for a second. The same substance and method, by the way, the same substance and method that brought Adam to life is the same substance and method that brought the Bible to life. The Bible says that God created Adam from the dust of the earth, formed him with his hands, but then he wasn't done. Adam was still just a pile of dirt until God breathed, according to Genesis, the breath of life out of his mouth. Every scholar agrees here that was the Holy Spirit, the wind of God, the breath of God, breathed the Holy Spirit into the pile of dirt that he had formed into a man. And from that moment, Adam became a living being. Adam became a living being. What is the substance that brought Adam to life? The Holy Spirit breathed out of God's mouth. Here's the second question. What is it that brought our Bible to life? The Holy Spirit breathed out of God's mouth. Same substance, same method, same result. Same substance, the Holy Spirit, same method breathed out of God's mouth, same result. We have a living, functioning being, the Word, the Word. And you can see here, I want you, and I want you to see with me, it's so important, is that when this super supernatural substance begins to manifest in your life, the Word of God becomes an answer for any problem any man could face. First of all, the word gives us the gospel of truth, which makes available salvation to every man. In fact, if you read Romans chapter 10, you'll clearly understand that no man can be saved unless they hear the gospel preached. That's why the Bible says, how beautiful are the feet of them. It's talking about here uh, that it's it's such a wonderful thing when a, a man directed by God brings the gospel to those who don't have it because there's no other way for those people to receive the covenant of salvation unless someone is sent to them who preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ thus allowing the Holy Spirit to draw their hearts and for them giving them the, the ability to respond in obedience to salvation and become a new creature in Christ Jesus. That is the gospel way. And the word of God gives us that holy gospel, which Paul said in Romans 1 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation. That comes from the word. The word gives us the gospel of Jesus Christ. Secondly, the same thing that that, uh, we're talking about here, the issues that men face on a daily basis that are sweeping across the world. For example, sickness and disease. Did you know the supernatural substance of God's word takes care of that problem? In fact, the Bible tells us that in Proverbs chapter four, verses 20 through 22, my child incline your ear to my words, Uh, keep my sayings, don't let them depart from your heart for they are strength to all that find them in health to their body. Understand that. So Proverbs 4 is telling us that the word of God itself is health and strength to your body. That's the same reason Joel Osteen's mother is still alive today, although she was diagnosed with cancer decades ago. 
is that after she received that diagnosis, she went home and took the Bible on tape, cassette tape, and let it play nonstop in her room. And the word of God came out of that tape player and got into her body, the very same word that Proverbs 4 is talking about, and it brought health and strength to her body. Her husband, who was an able-bodied man, has already gone on to be with the Lord. And at the time of this recording in 2018, uh, Dodie Osteen is still alive, sitting on the front row of Lakewood Church, hearing her son preach the gospel week in and week out, and she is still cancer-free today. The reason for that, the word of God is health and strength. For those that are depressed or anxious, have panic attacks, Jeremiah tells us that the word of God is joy and rejoicing. In Jeremiah 15 and verse 16, the Bible says, Jeremiah is speaking here to God. He said, Lord, I found your words and I ate them and they became unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. So Jeremiah is saying it went into me as the word, but it turned into joy and rejoicing. The word of God is joy and rejoicing. Not only that, the word of God's supernatural substance is prosperity and success. That's found throughout the entire Bible. The word of God is, when you obey it, turns into prosperity and success. Look what God said to Joshua. In Joshua chapter one, he said, take this book of the law. Don't let it depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to observe and to do all that is written herein. See that obedience to the word. Then you will make your way prosperous and have good success. So obedience to the word of God brings prosperity and success. Any issue that man would face in this world, the answer and the delivering power are in the mighty word of God. People need to understand that their Bible, what they hold in their hand is actually not just words on a page. They are supernatural substance breathed out of the mouth of God that will turn any situation that opposes you uh, into a defeated enemy laying on the ground in front of you. God's word levels the mountains and makes crooked places straight so that we can run with momentum into what God's called us to do. There is no more powerful force in the universe than the word of God. Five things every believer should know about the Bible. Number one, it's completely reliable. Number two, it's not another holy book. It is divinely inspired as suggested by prophecy. Number three is not a book of suggestions. It's a book of covenant commands. Number four, when you obey those covenant commands, it unlocks the supernatural. The Bible you hold in your hand is a key that unlocks the supernatural realm. And finally, number five, the words that you're reading are supernatural substance. They can get into your body, into your mind, into your spirit and change your life. Everything that opposed you is removed by your obedience to the mighty word of God. I love you guys. I want to pray for you here at the end and encourage you. Those of you that have been uh, studying the word of God, going after the things of God, and I encourage every one of you to do that. Spend at least 30 minutes to an hour a day studying the mighty word of God. It will change your life. But we need a hunger for the bread of life. That is the word of God, because it is the only thing that can change this generation. The Holy Ghost and the word 
of God. Let me pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for every man and every woman listening to the podcast today, and I'm asking you that today you would give us a supernatural hunger and desire to study your word like we never have before. Lord, let it penetrate our bodies, giving us health and strength, joy and peace, prosperity and success. Give us that uh, desire and conviction to live a set apart and a holy life as outlined by your word. We thank you, Lord, for that. We give you praise for the word that you have provided us with that changes lives. We love you. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, before we go, let me quickly say, I'm so excited. We're going to say more about this in the upcoming weeks, but we are getting ready to go on television on every island in the Caribbean. God is opening the doors. We're going to touch every single island in the Caribbean with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I want to give you an opportunity to join us to touch that entire region of the world with the power of the word that we talked about today. And I want to encourage you to sow a seed into this ministry that will help us take the gospel to a lost and a dying world. I want you to pray. Ask God to speak to you and give you an instruction as to what he would have you to do. And I want to encourage those of you that haven't already to partner with us. We've prayed and asked the Lord to raise up a thousand men and women who would stand with this ministry at a thousand dollars a year or $85 a month to see the world changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. As you pray, if you feel that's you to partner with us, to stand with us, or those of you that just want to sow a one-time seed, I appreciate it. I want you to browse to miracleword.com. Miracleword.com. You can click on the giving link right there on the website and sow your seed today. I want to say thank you. We love you. I appreciate every one of you listening to the podcast. Share it with somebody and let it change their life. I love you. Until next week, don't forget, goodness and mercy are following you for the rest of your life. We would love for you to join us in a live service. To find out when Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. will be near you, please visit our website at www.miracleword.com. 